Hey, welcome back to Prime Your Day, Prime Your Life. And this morning, I want to treat you to Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And it's my personal review of this life-changing book for me and many others. Simon Sinek calls it a book that you simply have to go and read. So here's seven lessons from the book that hopefully you'll listen to and think about. Enjoy. Well, this is a book for me. Uh, if you've not read this book, I would urge you to go and find it. Um, it's an absolute belter. And also, it's really thin. Look, it's not particularly thin. It's 170 pages. So you could probably crack this off on a weekend. Um, but it is a little bit deep in places. And I wouldn't have said exactly. Uh, it's not exactly uh, uplifting in places because it talks about Viktor Frankl who is a Holocaust survivor and found himself in the middle of Auschwitz. Uh, if you've ever read anything about Auschwitz, it's not a place that I would encourage anybody to uh, look back at, but there are lessons from Auschwitz that we should always, always pass on to our generations. Um, and I'm going to share really seven lessons from the book and what it could mean uh, to you as a person, because this book for me lives with me every day in terms of some of the lessons and some of the key findings you can uh, you can have from it. Um, so let me just uh, share my screen if I can. Just got to find the right thing. You got that? Can somebody give me a thumbs up? Brilliant. Thank you very much, Ian. All right. So Man's Search for Meaning, uh, you can go and get it off Amazon. It's around about $9.99 uh, retail price. Uh, but it's uh, it's a really, really important book uh, because it just deals with some of the really key components of uh, how life can treat you. Uh, it's in two parts. The first part talks about his experience of uh, being in Auschwitz. And the second half covers what his mission was, was to talk about uh, logotherapy, which is his psychological impact. And he went on to speak in worldwide places all over the world of uh, being a uh, really big uh, professor of psychology. The first lesson, and some of you uh, I know have spoken about this, which is what is your why? And when you have a why, you can bear almost anything. And that's what worked for him. So Frankel had already decided before he went into Auschwitz that he was working on his manuscript and it's his manuscript for life. And as he went in, he actually had the manuscript. He took whatever he could with him and he thought, this is my life work so far. I'm going to take my manuscript with him. And of course, when he was taken into Auschwitz, if you know anything about what happens to um, those poor people, they're stripped of literally every possession, every piece of clothing, anything that's materialistic to them. And of course, his manuscript was one of the things that was taken away from him. But he knew he had a why. And one of his whys was while he was going to be in Auschwitz, he wanted to make sure that he could live through it so that he could then share his learnings and his manuscript to the world. And whilst they had taken away the physical evidence of what his writings already were, he decided that he would carry on living with his purpose, carry on making sure that his writings were in his head, and he developed his manuscript literally from start to finish 
while he was in there. So that's the first key lesson that the book talks about, is that when you have purpose, perspective, an infinite perspective, then that can live with you for a very, very long time. And have you got a legacy or a purpose? And does your purpose last to the end of this life? Or do you have a purpose that is enduring and everlasting on the basis that it's a 100-year life or a 500-year life? Would you like people to be talking about you in 500 years? Well, that's what Frankel can now do. He's no longer with us, but we're still talking about his legacy. So that's lesson number one. Lesson number two is one that is with us all in that love conquers all and he talks about this but my mind clung to my wife's image imagining with uncanny acuteness i heard her answering me saw her smile her frank and encouraging look real or not her look was then more luminous than the sun which was beginning to rise and no matter how hard the guards treated him no matter how hard life was he knew that out there somewhere was his wife whether she be alive or not, and I'll not reveal what happened unless you read the book, he had this enduring feeling that love conquers all. And if you look at anybody who's been through suffering or persecution, and even people with dementia and people who have real problems with memory, the feeling of love is one that hardly ever leaves us. And in our dying moments, when we know that we've had love or that we're loved, it is one of the uh, human emotions that is really, really strong. So that was lesson number two from the book is love conquers all. Lesson number three is that you can get used to almost anything. The human body is tougher than you think. Literally, as they walked in, they had everything taken from them, even their names. All they had was a tattoo, which was tattooed on their skin with a number that was considered their identity. Imagining going into this place, the first night you go in, you're given a bed, which is seven foot by eight foot, which is probably no bigger than a king size bed, no mattress, you sleep on the boards and two blankets were given to you. No heating, that's your introduction to life at Auschwitz. But even despite that, he said that life can get through this when you have a purpose, when you have love and you can just take each hit as it comes. So that was lesson number three from the book for me. Number four is really, really pertinent for every day is that you're not bound to your environment. Even in the heart of the situations, you still had a choice. And this is a quote from the book. There are examples often of heroic nature which prove that apathy could be overcome, irritably suppressed. Man can preserve a vestige of spiritual freedom of independence of mind, even in such terrible conditions of psychological, physical stress. So when you were being beaten by a guard, when they were had people that they knew had just been taken into the showers and were no longer with us, you had a choice as to whether or not you would be living because of your environment or despite your environment. And this is one of the most powerful um, quotes from the book. And he says, between stimulus and response, there's a space, literally from the point that you decide to do something and the point that you thought about it, the gap in between is the power to choose your response. And in your response lies your growth and freedom. So in the morning when you say, I'm gonna get up, 
You can either choose to procrastinate and lie in bed, or you can decide to get up, put your feet on the floor, and tackle the day. And the decision between start and finish depicts your freedom of choice. And in that guards, in that camp, in that moment, they were made to make decisions and choices. And those decisions and choices for Frankel enabled him to get out alive. End of. It was defined by his choices every day that he took that enabled him to walk out a survivor. Number five, there is meaning in suffering, which is that you hold on to hope. As human beings, one of the things that you always look forward to is hope. Through the pandemic, through all the strife and tribulations we've been through in the last 19 months, we live on to hope. And the people that lost hope in there, regrettably, were the ones that didn't survive. There are examples of people saying, I just need to survive until Christmas. And of course, the Allied invasion didn't come until way after Christmas. And the numbers of people that died after Christmas Day because they lost hope was tangible. There was one person that said, I just want to survive until my next birthday. And of course, he wasn't freed by his birthday. Two days later, after his birthday, without any previous illnesses, he lost his hope and he died. So even in the most critical of situations, the Mandela was the same when he was incarcerated for 26 years. He never, ever lost hope. So that's lesson number five. And it's similar to that. Once you lose your hope, life is lost. He says the prisoner who lost faith in his future, his future was doomed. With his loss of belief in the future, he also lost his spiritual hold. He let himself decline and became subject to mental and physical decay. That was lesson number six. Uplifting on a Tuesday morning, is did not say. So that's lesson number six. And then lesson number seven really then goes on to his, his um, psychological work that he then did as a professor which is called logotherapy. And this was really the second half of the book. And the quote there isn't, isn't actually correct. That's the last slide. But what he talks about is that many psychologists before his time talked about the pain of suffering and trauma and how you need to lose those triggers in order to be able to be good, which is true to a certain extent. His work focused on future visualization and what he called logotherapy. And if you can imagine your future self, that can give you an enduring hope and reason to live. And actually looking past your past and looking forward to your future is much more enabling, much more passionate, much more visualizing and a lot more strength for you. And in the positive psychology world today, if you go and read Joe Dispenza or others, they talk about starting the morning with intention, starting the morning with visualization of where you're going and what your future looks like, and actually repeating some of those mantras and then being in the moment and feeling they're real is the way that you can disconnect from your past and forward to your future. And Frankl is a great example of that. He had this endearing future about seeing his wife again, seeing his manuscript printed and talking about it in lecture theatres. 
he envisions his future with total reality. And that's the hope that was his search for meaning that enabled him to walk out of Icefetch alive. I would really implore any one of you to go and read this book. It's an absolute belter. It's not going to lift you out of um, joy and you're not going to stand up and think, oh, my goodness, that's an amazing day. It makes you really think about your position in your world and what impact you have on others and how your own thoughts can create your future. So that's it. That's the podcast for this week. A little bit of thought around Man's Search for Meaning from Viktor Frankl's book. I would really urge you to go and find it and read it and consider how it has made you think about your impact, your legacy, and what is important to you every day and going forward. Thank you. That's Chris checking out. Find convert, keep plants like a habit.